0: begin with prayer. Father God, I ask that you guide us now as we open your book, your word, and help us to apply it to our lives. God, we uh, thank you so much for the influence that you have on us and the word that has been spoken to us through the folks already today in this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are talking about trust the first part of this year. doing a series on on trusting God uh, and how important it is. Last week, we discussed Cain and Abel, and uh, the trust that wasn't there on Cain's behalf, and the trust that was there on Abel's part. Uh, Today, we're going to move right down the line in the, the chapter 11 of Hebrews, the fellow who trusted God today, is Noah. So if you want to turn to Genesis chapter 6, this is the text that we will be primarily dealing with today. Genesis chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 8 describe how the earth had become evil. Verse 5 says that the Lord had observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. The world and all who were in it was wicked. Was evil. And then the scripture goes on to tell about Noah. Now I know that uh, Noah is a common story. We know about how Noah uh, built the ark and what God did with him. But I'm going to go through the story just uh, briefly to brush us up. There may be some parts that we've missed. Over time. So, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, God saw that the earth had been corrupted and it was filled with violence. And God observed that all this corruption in the world for everyone here on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all the living creatures. They have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them out along with the earth. Then God tells Noah, Build a large boat from cypress wood, and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct the decks and the stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Leave 18-inch openings below the roof, all the way down the boat. (coughs) Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look... God says, look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boats, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Tells them to gather animals and bring them with them. So... Noah did exactly as God commanded him. Verse 22. He did exactly what God was telling him. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, Go into the boat with all your family, for among all people of the earth, I can see that you alone are righteous. Seven days from now, I will make the rains pour down on the earth, and it will rain for forty days and forty nights until I have wiped from the earth all the living things I have created. Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood covered the earth. He went on board the boat to escape the flood. He and his wife and his sons and their wives, they got on the boat. After they were on the ark that Noah had built, it began to rain. Not just a regular soft rain like we enjoy, especially as farmers here, we like it to rain gently for a couple days. This was a different kind of rain. The waters violently would have been coming down rapidly, and the earth would have opened up. Water would have seemed to have been coming from everywhere. Had to fill the whole earth, remember. Flood everything. This was God's plan, because everyone had become wicked. God was not happy with this evilness. Not happy. He did not like what he saw. Now, he made man and it was good, but when man was corrupted by the evil one, it was not a good thing. Everyone was evil except for Noah. Except Noah, verse 8 and 9, Noah found favor with the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on the earth. Noah walked with God. everybody else, they were walking their own way. They were following their own footsteps, doing what they wanted to do, not listening to anyone else, especially not God or Noah. But Noah he was walking with God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7 says it was by faith that Noah built a large bill a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By Faith. Last week we discussed that faith can be said as trust. It was by trust that Noah built this large boat. God warned him about things that had never happened before. So today I want to discuss Noah's point and his objective given to him by God in in three different points. Number one, uh, build the boat, uh, two, fill the boat, and three, get out of the boat. If you're a note taker, you're going to write these points down and fill the in-between spots in. Build the boat, fill the boat, and get out of the boat. Our first point for today, build the boat. Verse 14, God simply said to Noah, build a large boat. Build a large boat. Now, at this point, Noah is 600 years old. (coughs) He's an old man. Way so by our standards. But even then, he was in the upper years of his life. And the boat, uh, the scripture says, God says, has to be 450 feet by 75 feet by 45 foot tall. And it looks like it's just Noah and the family. And they got to build this thing. Impossible. Right? Nope. Noah did it. I don't know. I don't know how we did it. Uh, My family and I, uh, we built a house. And it took a long time. And some of you folks come and help us put in windows and did things like that. But it wasn't easy to do everything ourselves and build. The house that I built, it's small. And I know what a house is. I see them around. Uh, the folks, my father knows how to build houses. Been there, done that. But still, it was difficult. Noah, you know He had to do this. How did he do it? Scripture says, by faith. He trusted God. That means that that Noah just didn't decide, oh, this is going to be impossible. No. He got out his stone axe, and he went to chopping down trees. And when he got the the trees chopped down, he got out his uh, other tools, stone uh, adzes. Do you know what an adze is? It's another stone-like axe, except for it's like a grub-ho. Do you know what a grub-ho is? It's a thing that sharpens for making uh, square logs it can all be square. It's a beam then. He got out his uh, other tools, his, his uh, fro. Do you know what a fro is? I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> no, a fro is a tool for making shingles. It's an old-fashioned, like, funny-looking wood stick with a metal part on it, and you would make shingles. The ark would need shingles, right? It's going right and so he gets out these tools and he starts going to work because he trusted God. If God's telling me to build a boat, a boat, I better just get started doing it. Now Noah probably didn't understand everything about what he was doing. The word in, in, in our uh, New Living Translation is boat. The, the word that we see in other translations is ark, the A word in the Hebrew that means ark is meaning box. (coughs) Box, the same word, is also uh, used to describe uh, containers, like uh, containers that you would put a person in, like a a coffin or something like that. A box. God says, hey Noah, uh, build this big box thing. You know, and who knows... uh, There probably wasn't a special word for boat that meant boat because uh, maybe they didn't have uh, boats back then. I mean, we don't know, but if they would have had boats back then it probably would have been a specific word that meant a vessel that was used to float on water. Instead, we have a box build a a container It's going to contain you and animals. Just build one. So was like, "All right, we'll get to work and start doing that." Me and family and water. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think uh, you know. Scripture doesn't say anything about it raining before that. This rain when the heavens turned loose, when the waters came up from there, seemed to be a new thing. Hebrews 11 and 7 said that things. Uh, God warned him about things that had never happened before. Can you imagine Noah building this? How are we going to? Okay, it's supposed to. Flow. How are we going to get it to water? Are we going to have a trailer? He had to trust. Oh, God said there's going to be a flood. There's going to be water. I've never seen water everywhere before. But okay, God, I trust. He had instructions. God told him everything that he needed to know. He didn't have to understand it. He just had to trust what God was telling him. And by the way, it took 120 years to build this large vessel. 120 years. Noah had some, stick with it, didn't (coughs) he? To continue doing that, day after day, year after year, continue building what God was telling him to build. Now, I, I do not understand everything I read in here. Uh, Danelle, I can, I can relate with you. Sometimes I, I I would like to borrow some confidence. about dealing with this word and getting up here and speaking it to you, because I don't understand everything I read in here. But you know, I trust it. I trust it. There's some things in here, like, love your enemy? How? What kind of sense does that make? Okay, we can just do it. We can trust that God says, love your enemy Jesus tells us love your enemy but well, I don't think that I completely understand how that works or what it means. Uh, how about what James tells us to consider it pure joy when we are persecuted we are tempted and we face trials and temptation pure joy boy I, I just have to trust. That God is telling me to do that. I don't understand how you can get joy from that. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Just take the first step. Our application here is, Do what God said. Just do what he says. You all have; a, most of you probably have a, a smartphone. And if you have to go some places you've never been before, you'll pull up the old map app, um, Google Maps or whatever, and and you'll punch in where you need to go, and and uh, and you know, no matter how big a phone you have, you can't see usually your your, uh, where you are at, and your destination, especially if you're going through a city with lots of little turns. You can't see it all in one piece. You just go where it tells you to go. And you trust that somehow it knows where it's going. And, and you follow it, and usually, usually you get to where you need to go. If you don't several times, you maybe you stop trusting it. How about, how about paper money? Uh, We all kind of trust our paper money. We don't understand really, or at least I don't understand how that works completely. Uh, Somehow, I know that when I uh, pay my paper money to a gas station, I can get gas. I trust that they will provide fuel for my vehicle. And I know that money uh, is, is supposed to be backed up by a gold standard or something, I don't understand it all. I just know that it's worth something and it gets me something. I trust at least that part of it, but I don't understand it. Speaking of boats, I'm talking about big boats, about the Titanic, a lot of people put their trust in that boat. They didn't understand how it was built or uh, all the seams of it, or how thick it was, or how it would fare up against an iceberg. They didn't understand it. They just put their trust in it. Boy, if we can put our trust in things like this, then why is it difficult for us to put our trust in a God who made us? He knows everything about us. He is all powerful. Yet we still struggle to trust Him. Maybe you say, "What, what do I, what do I trust God with? What am I supposed to, to trust? If God is telling me to do something, He told Noah build a boat. What is God telling me to do? I don't, I don't hear Him. He's never told me to build a boat before." Well, I just want to throw out nine things that just, and this is just a very uh, brief list, nine things that God is already telling you to do because he says it in his word, and I'm going to go through them really fast. If you want the notes later, uh, ask me and I will give them to you. Uh, first thing that God is already telling you to do, Acts chapter 16, verse 31 says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Believe in him. Uh, number two, put Jesus first Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says seek the kingdom of God above all else live righteously and he will give you everything you need seek God first and you get what you need uh, three read the Bible 2 Timothy chapter 3 16 and 17 says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is lo- wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. We need to read our Bibles, it is what will change our lives and it corrects the wrong and it helps prepare us. Number four, be involved in church. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Uh, says, let's think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of the Lord is drawing near. Number five, God is telling us through our Bibles to forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Luke chapter 6 verse 37, forgive others. Uh, number six, don't complain. God tells us not to complain. Instead, be thankful. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Be the light, guys. Uh, number seven, 1 Thessalonians, Chapter five verse seventeen says, "Never stop praying. Don't stop praying. Just pray constantly. Our scriptures tell us that. Keep on praying." Number eight, love others. Just read First Corinthians chapter thirteen. The Bible tells us to read or to love others. Number nine, last one, uh, care for widows and orphans. James chapter one verse twenty seven says, "Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress." and refusing to let the world corrupt you. There's just a brief list of nine things that you can already know that God is telling you to do. And there's much more. Much more. Read your Bible. If God tells you to build a boat, which he's not going to, because there's no need for a boat anymore, right? God's not going to flood the earth. But if he tells you to build a boat, then build a boat. He's already told you to do plenty of things. Let's do them. Build a boat. Second point is fill the boat. Fill the boat. You know, uh, Genesis doesn't record uh, Noah telling everyone to get on the boat, uh, but 2 Peter 2, verse 5 does. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. <clears throat> Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. This is, this is to say that uh, Noah was an evangelist. Noah was a preaching the good news. So he, he would work during the day. And at night time he would go to town and he, he would uh, preach the good news. He had he had a, a, a sermon, you know, uh, floods are coming. The flood's coming. And he would tell them maybe those words. Preaching the good news. Now, there's only good news if there is bad news. You know what I mean? How can we have good news... If there isn't bad news, God has had it with sin. He is done with sin. He's going to do something about it. It's time for a reset. The good news is, the good news is Noah would be telling them is that, hey, I am building a boat. The bad news is that there's going to be lots of water and there's going to be no room for people on the earth because there's going to be no earth because it's going to be filled with water and everybody's going to drown. But the good news is that I'm building this boat and it's not my idea. It's not my idea. God told me to do it, He said to build this big thing. And, uh, you know, so Noah did not lean on his own understanding. Right? Proverbs uh, chapter 3 verse 5 didn't lean on his own understanding. Leaned on God's word. Said build a boat. And Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says that we can make our plans. But the Lord determines our steps. Noah walked in close fellowship with God. In it walking with God. The Lord determines our steps. God was determining Noah's steps and he was walking along with God. Noah was okay with that. (coughs) The good news is, the good news is only good news if you get on the boat. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 32 through 36. And so my children, listen to me For all who follow my ways are joyful. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, watching for me outside of my home. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But those who miss me injure themselves. All who hate me Love, death. Listen to God. Listen to Him. This is what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 13. Remember the parable of the sower when there were seeds uh, cast out and some of the seed fell on the footpath and it didn't grow up. It, it, it didn't even sprout. It didn't survive. <clears throat> the person, this represents, Jesus explains, represents the person who has heard the warning. They've heard the good news, but they don't trust it. They don't heed it. And so, they <clears throat> they perish. They <clears throat> don't grow. They don't survive. The seed doesn't survive. And in Noah's day, <clears throat> there were a lot of seeds that didn't survive. A lot of seeds that didn't grow. It got too much water. The water too much. The flood was too much for them. <coughs> John Piper. John Piper says that, uh, you know, speaking. He's he, he, speaking of salvation. Our, our uh, scripture on Noah deals with uh, salvation, forgiveness, uh, salvation through the people to get on the boat, and the forgiveness of, 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 of Noah wasn't a perfect guy, and justification of the sins, and, and redemption, and, and then adoption. You know, God uh, loved Noah and his family. Uh, so John Piper says that salvation is not good news if it only saves from hell, and does not save for God. He says that forgiveness is not good news if it only gives relief from guilt and doesn't open the way to God. That justification is not good news if it only makes us acceptable to God, but doesn't bring fellowship with God. Redemption is not good news if it only liberates us from bondage but doesn't bring us to God. And adoption is not good news if it only puts us in the father's family, but not in his arms. Noah trusted God and worked to fill the boat. You have to get on the boat. Now God said that he's not going to ever flood the, the world again. He's not going to flood the earth again. We, we get this confirmation through the rainbow. What, what a beautiful symbol. A beautiful rock-solid sign that God guarantees promises that He will never uh, destroy the earth with flood. We should, man, we should display the rainbow. And you know, uh, the world, it it, it uh, takes things that... The, wasn't the world's things things that God created and God using and it perverts them like to have the rainbow but the rainbow is, is good news It's good news for us it's a sign we're going to have to build a boat again you no know, one's looking down on us right now probably thinking you are glad you don't have to build a boat it was like 120 years. He said, the kids didn't get along when I was building the boat. And my wife and I got in fights every night. And uh, and then when we all got in the boat, oh, it was a bad, horrible deal. Like, we were safe inside the boat. No, you don't want to experience that. Praise God for the rainbow that he gave us. He says, we don't have to experience that. No flood. We don't need that kind of a boat. Because we have a different kind of boat. We don't need a large wooden structure to float us because we have a different kind of boat. You know, the ark saved these folks from the water. We have a different kind of boat. Not a man-made boat. The name of this boat is Jesus. Jesus, he is a life-giving water. He saves us from fire. This vessel of Jesus Christ will save us from fire. You know, in the scripture, hell is related to as fire. This uh, unquenchable, burning, consuming fire where we'll be horrible, and this is the place that we call hell. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says for the wages of sin, or the wages, yeah, the wages of sin is death, this is hell, eternal hell, the burning fire, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ is our protection from the flames. Noah wasn't perfect, though. You know, Noah, he wasn't perfect. Oh, you can read on the, the further on after the account of the ark, and, and Noah, uh, he, he got drunk and was involved in some other nonsense. He wasn't perfect. But he was considered righteous, blameless, and he walked with God. You see, this is important for us to know. He said, by the way he lived, I'm going to be on God's side. I'm going to trust God. And so God says, I consider you righteous, blameless, because you are walking with me. Folks, You want to get on the boat nowadays? You want saved from the fire? Which is going to be the next thing that destroys the world? We all have sin. Romans 3.23 tells us all all have sin and have fallen short of the glory of God. The same thing that caused the people to drown in Noah's day. That was sin. Those that didn't get on the boat We have the same thing as they do. But listen, if you trust in the Lord Jesus, then you will be saved, Ephesians 2-8. Guarantee us that. In other words, if you trust the Lord, if you walk with Him like Noah did, then you are considered righteous and blameless. And you can get on the boat. And if you trust Him, If you trust God, you will get on the boat because that's what God is telling you to do. He wants you to be saved. He desires you to be saved. That's what he's created you for. Salvation in Christ. Living in his kingdom. You know what else that God is telling you to do? Jude chapter 12. The only chapter in Jude, verse twenty-two and twenty-three, and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. I want to pause right there at that verse, <clears throat> and I want everybody, everybody, to, to look at me and not, not the uh, the board right now. Listen, is everyone on the boat? If you are on the boat, if you trust in Jesus, then give me an amen. 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 Okay, good. Now that we're all on the boat together, if we're all on the boat, then in this case we can continue on. Verse 23, it says, Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Snatch. The others from the flames of judgment. Fill the boat. Fill the boat. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Go into the world. Grab people from the flames. Get them in the boat. Get them to put their faith in Jesus. You know know how I got saved? This story is probably the same as your story. You know how I come to believe in Jesus? Well, I seen other people walking with God. Uh, they weren't hiding it. I seen them living a life that was honoring God, and they were trying to walk with God. And you know, folks told me about Jesus. They would talk to me about it. And you know, people warned me of the fire. And that's what I heard from these other people. And and. You know, I didn't... It's not that they warned me of the fire like a uh, hellfire and brimstone. Like, you're going to die. You know, that's probably true. That doesn't work the best with me. Now it might. You might be able to scare the hell out of someone, and it would actually work. I think it does to some people. But some people, it doesn't. But we need to be warning them of the fire that is coming. Like Brandt says, uh, we, we don't know when it could be soon. Actually, we are guaranteed that it is soon. The scripture says that it will be soon. I like the idea of heaven. These people were telling me when I led up to the time when I gave my life to Christ at first, boy, I like the idea of heaven. I like the idea of victory over evil and of freedom from sin. And then I trusted in Jesus. Who will you snatch from the fire? Go ahead and throw a name in your mind. Maybe somebody, you know, I'm going to try to snatch them from the fire. Maybe somebody you haven't met yet. Be, uh, Be fireman-minded. Be like Noah. Boy, I'm going to tell everybody. Fill the boat. Point number three, get out of the boat. Now, before you uh, think too much into that, uh, at this point, uh, Jesus doesn't represent the boat anymore, okay? I'm not telling you at all to, to, you know, because I'm not telling you to get out of Jesus here. Uh, But for... For this point, the boat is back to the structure, the box that Noah made. You know, when you know when you get to doing something after a while, you know it's kind of hard to change. It's kind of hard to step out of your comfort zone and do something new when you get used to it. Uh, Noah and his family had probably settled in. Uh, to doing the things that they were used to doing, settled into the boat. They had their systems worked out. They knew that they were safe inside that boat. Like everything was good inside the yard. Oh, we probably smelled like animals. Oh, but they were safe. They were safe and they were good. They spent, uh, spent a long time on that boat. Better part of a year. Well, it stopped raining and the water went down mountaintops became visible. Started seeing mountaintops. Noah waited at that point another 40 days after he started seeing mountaintops. And then he sent out a raven. And then he he sent out a, a dove because the raven probably got sidetracked. He sent out a dove to do the dirty work of finding out if it's uh, livable again. <laughs> dove came back first time. So uh, Noah, after waiting 40 days, he waited seven more days. And then he turned it loose again. The old dove uh, came back this time with an olive leaf. So Noah waited seven more days. And then he repeated again. Turned the dove out. This time the dove didn't come back. The dove didn't come back. And so Noah waited... Ten and a half, oh no, this is ten and a half months after the flood began. Um, the water was almost gone. And so uh, Noah took the covering off of the boat. Right, water was almost gone. So he uncovered the boat. It ain't raining anymore. Don't need the shingles that he made with the fro. Uh, take that off. And then he waited inside the boat for two more months. Wait more. Wait more. Wait more. In Genesis uh, chapter eight verse 15 in our, in our uh, account of Noah. 15 and 16. Actually, we're going to do we're going to do uh, yeah, 8, okay, I was in chapter 7. 15 and 16. That very day, Noah had gone into the boat with his. uh, Then Noah said, God said to Noah, Leave the boat, all of you, and you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, and the animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. So Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives left the boat. Now maybe, maybe Noah was excited about this. like finally, finally' get to get out of this. you ever spent a long, long vacation with a family inside of a small car? And you're excited to get out. <laughs> uh, this, might, this might have been what Noah was like uh, after 10 and a half months. But you know what? I know how some people are. I know how some people get in that place where they feel comfortable, and they like it, and they just want to stay there. You know, are you sure it's safe, God? Are you sure it's safe for us to come out of this ark? Uh, There's mud out there. Can you imagine what the mud would be like uh, everywhere? And I know you think, no big deal, a little bit of mud. Uh, Have you ever been stuck in the mud? I'm not talking about with your truck. Like physically stuck walking. When I was small, um, Elsmore Lake had, had drained and they had a small pool. My sister and I had seen a big old fish and a turtle out there in that little hole. Um, and there was a lot of mud between the shore and where the mud where the uh, the water started. And my sister and I had to go out there and catch those big fish. And so we were walking and walking. The mud kept getting deeper and deeper. For, for long, we couldn't move at all. And I was, you know, Flint's age or maybe smaller. And uh, We've seen all the stuff on TV about quickstands, and, and we couldn't move we were scared. Hollered at my mom and dad. Dad came and he was kind of laughing. He didn't understand what was going on. We were stuck. We couldn't get out the mud. This is mud. They're looking out of boat and say, This is a foreign we've never seen mud like this before. You know, the flood, you know how Gideon threw out the fleece. Are you sure God is time? You know, Gideon's like, Are you sure you want me to go to battle and throw out the fleece and see if it's See, if it's wet, so they're, they're sending out doves, they're sending out rave, you know. And, and I don't know if that's it, actually what Noah was doing, but boy, that's sure what I would have been doing. Are you sure it's time to get out? Is it safe? God says, get out of the boat. <laughs> God's plan was for them to repopulate the earth. They had two of every animal... And somehow, I, I think, you know, they managed to keep them alive on the boat for ten and a half months in a big floating box. Have you ever had chickens? I, I mean, I like chickens, but I've had trouble keeping them alive. Everything a chicken. <laughs> uh, so he kept all these animals alive. And then, and then uh, it's time to just, just just get out of the boat, turn the animals loose. But God, uh, you know, the, all the hyenas and the jackals and they were trying to get to the chickens. And now you want to just turn them loose and, and something's going to eat them first off. But they had, Noah had to entrust, had to trust God. God said, get out of the boat. It's time to start doing what my plan is. i was saving you for something for such a time as this. They had to be a little attached to the animals, but had to let him go. Even though there was only two chickens in the world. They had to trust God. We have chickens today. So evidently it worked out. Sometimes we get holed up. And we don't want to come out. We get secure and we don't want to advance the kingdom like God is telling us to do. We get to liking what we've been entrusted with. And then we hoard it kind of reminds me of the parable of the three servants that Jesus told. Matthew chapter 25, I'll run you through it briefly, so that the the parable that Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants, and to one servant he gave five bags of coins, and to another one he gave two bags, and to another one he gave one bag, and as he left, he entrusted them with his money. When he come back, uh, the one fellow whom he entrusted five bags with uh, said, hey, look, I, I, I worked hard and I put your money to work for you and now I have double, I have ten bags to give you and the master was, was excited and happy and said, good job, well sir and then so the fellow who had uh, two bags entrusted to him um, he, he said, hey, look, I've got four bags, double the bags and the master's like, great, good job but you know what the guy who had one bag of, of coins uh, did? He took it and he buried it in the ground he said, boy, I know my master. He pinches every penny he can. He saves money. He is a, a, a conservative and a, sh- a shrewd person even. And so I was worried that I would lose my, my master's coin, so I buried him in a hole. And so when he come back, he said, look, master, here's, here's the coins that you trust me with. Uh, no more and no less. Here they are. Here they are. Master, he wasn't happy. With that though. See, that wasn't the point. That wasn't why the master left the coins in the hands of his servant. He left them there for the purpose of growth. Application Matthew chapter 25, verse 29. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. We have been entrusted with something. God's plan for the life that He gave you is great. If you use your life and everything else that he has entrusted to you for his plan, then you will be blessed with even more than you started with. You'll be blessed, but if you don't, but well, here is how Jesus ends the parable, verse thirty. Now throw these use this useless servant out into into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This idea of using our lives for God's purpose is serious. When God tells us to get out of the boat, to do something with what we have, He wants us to trust Him and use what He has given us for His will. Now, real quickly, let's just review the three points that we discussed today. By trusting God, Noah built a boat and brought salvation to his family. Do you trust God enough to do what he's telling you to do? By trusting God, Noah filled the boat with a bunch of animals and enough people to repopulate the world. We're at 7.9 billion right now, by the way. I think that uh, Noah succeeded. Do you trust God enough to reach out, pull others out of the fire? It's not always easy to share the good news, but it's life or death for those whose trust is wavering. By trusting God... Noah left the boat as God wanted him to. He did it so he could fulfill the rest of God's will for his life. Do you trust God enough to live your life fully for Him? To offer it to Him? Have you been holed up? Trying to keep what you have safe? Are you ready to use it for God's kingdom? I pray that that is the case. That you are ready to give your life fully and completely to him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your grace and for your mercy. And for the account of Noah that we read. Lord, I pray that you would help build our trust so that we, even when we don't understand you, God, we trust you and do as you say. We know that your plan for us is good. You want us to thrive. That You love us. You want us to be with you where things are perfect. Not like here. Lord, we're in enemy territory right now, God. And it's scary. Lord, help us to be bold. And clinging to your word, fighting your fight, bringing others with us. Lord God, we trust you.